Stuff Said, a cartoonist's unique and distinct conversations with people in comics, cartooning, and beyond. So I rejected my own ink exam. Comics was booming! It was all hands on deck. You were going to be a cop. I was going to be a cop. I would have been a damn good cop. It's almost like if you watched The Little Mermaid and then you had to interview Ariel. Right. The storyboarding so complex. There's, there's always room for exploration and, and growth. Everybody started a webcomic in 2000. I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Oh, yeah. I like to be on the side of righteousness. I, I just dwell on these things. And sure. the only healthy way to unleash that is if I turn it into something positive like comic i'm just the guy sitting there <laughs> pissing on them on the fence seeing if he's gonna get this pecker stuff, stuff said a unique podcast available at stuffsaidshow.com and itunes okay um i know everyone wants to see simon hanselman in so do we um He's not here, and I, I don't know where he is. He's in jail. <laughs> he's probably on the way. Now, he's in a fancy outfit. A lot's so. happened. The truth is, there is no Simon. <laughs> We're Simon. There's a Simon Hanselman in all of us. <laughs> is this, this going to be like the end of Spartacus? <laughs> um, no Simon? That's ominous. I'm going to be really disappointed if it's not It's going to be really awkward when that happens. He's going to come in on a slip and slide wearing a tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> you going to be jealous of the outfit? Oh, you've been talking about that tuxedo shirt for a while. I want that. Um, that would be great to show up on all the panels with I'm a stupid t-shirt. That would be the meanest thing you could do. Uh, I'm Robin, host of the Instead's radio show out of... Well, podcast now is topically on radio. Um, out of Vancouver, and I am joined by Michael DeForge. Hi. Patrick Kyle. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be scared, Patrick. It's safe space. And Brandon Graham. Hello. And for those who don't know, uh, Brandon and I have been doing a little bit of a road trip. Um, we went and traveled to LA doing interviews in Portland. Do I need to be really close to the mic? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we did LA, Portland, doing our own little road trip tour thing, doing interviews, and these boys are starting their uh, Wild and Crazy Boys of, I was going to say summer, but it's not summer anymore, is it? No. So. No, that's summer's inside of each and every one of them. <laughs> is it there with Simon Hanselman? Yeah. Simon Hanselman and summer is inside of all of us. <laughs> um, so we thought it would be fun. Uh, someone suggested doing a road trip to meet panel, and hey, that'd be fun. I like these guys. I hope they like me. Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> does, your, does your panel have, does your tour have a name at all? Uh, cute boy alert. Is it really? It's <laughs> adorable and a little too accurate. <laughs> it had a lot of different names, and, and like, we, I don't think we, I didn't agree on cute boy alert. <laughs> Michael, did I tell you that after my wife met you, she said immediately after, uh, she said, Jordy DeForge is handsome. <laughs> I said, that's, that's the Star Trek character. And she said, yeah. yeah, it was unrelated to me. She was actually just making yeah. a statement about yeah. Um. So whose idea was it to do the tour? Um, because let's be honest, doing a month-long uh, uh, road trip that you're doing. Oh, sorry. Yes. Hi, Brandon. 
Uh, <laughs> month-long road trip like you guys are uh, jumping out on is not a small feat. We, had, we initially agreed to a much shorter tour, um, and they sort of just sprung it on us. And, like, we're, we're happy to... Yeah, it sort of spiraled into this huge thing, which is sort of funny. Yeah, we, we initially were like, oh yeah, we all have books coming out at the same time. Let's, like, do a, let's, like, do a week on the East Coast, just like Montreal, New York, and then now it's, like, everything. Which is sort of funny and cool how it worked out to be this... this uh, like, I haven't been on the road for this long ever in my life. Was it was it one of these things where uh, you didn't where people were so excited about the, the three of you traveling around that they didn't want to be left out and you'd feel like a jerk not showing up certain stops? Uh, we weren't involved in booking it, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> when we announced the tour dates, there was a lot of like, oh, please come to our city too, but it was like, oh man, it's already a month. I so. did a thing where I agreed to do like a one day thing, and then within within like six more emails, it became like. Five days, <laughs> so I can see how that can happen, and and it's cool and it's it's exciting to, like you're it's like this because this is your first stop, right? Yeah, That's, this is like day two. Of the yeah, because I think yeah. afterwards it would be great to talk to you guys before and after because I think you'll probably have such a completely cool understanding of your of your fan base or of the people who are excited about your work, Joe. Fan sure. base is horrible. Yeah, we'll also be like way more tired and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Un, unshaven and filthy. <laughs> And there's, there's also the, when you spend a significant amount of time with each other. Oh yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna... <laughs> I don't know, I can't get Michael out of my house anyway. <laughs> it's gonna turn into a heated argument on who's the, who's the handsomest. <laughs> Should we pull? Hmm? Yeah. Um, what... <laughs> <laughs> Did you even bring questions, Robin? I don't need to bring the other mic over, so I don't have to. Oh God damn it! If when Simon shows up, you guys can share a mic. This is what you guys all came here for, right? This yeah. is what a professional talk. <laughs> um, it's great because we prepared questions thinking of all three of you together, and I really appreciate Simon's attendance. <laughs> Passive aggressive, Robin. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what are some of the things you want to do on the road? And because you're, it's a month, um, but you're not signing every day. Um, Michael and I all, Michael and I also play in a band, and we're playing a couple of gigs along the way. No, oh, nice. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we played last night in Baltimore. Because um, Michael's a really good uh, tour companion, because I, I was in uh, we were in Oslo, Norway together. Um, and and I normally like I went to Barcelona recently and disgusted everyone by refusing to leave like the hotel and the convention. Oh. And I ate Indian food the entire time in Spain. <laughs> but uh, but like when when we were in Norway, Michael like took me to uh, to a Viking ship museum. That was it was so cool. It was a giant Viking ship that they had um, that they used to bury Vikings in. Like they, some like Viking god king died in there. Like let's just. Put him in this huge ship we have and just send him off, and they yeah, found it. Yeah, pretty cool. Like, yeah, they had a whole bunch of weird, and then like just halves of ships and stuff too. Yeah. Oh, and they had that horrible in in Oslo. They they serve this food which is uh, ground beef served like a hot dog, oh, which just yeah. looks like and, a and turd. It's in a hot dog. Bun. <laughs> yeah. Looked, and they had like a they had pizza there that was. Let's just talk about our awesome trip. <laughs> <laughs> you got serenaded on that trip, didn't you? I don't know. Did I get serenaded on that trip? I. 
I think we mean I got serenaded. Or? No, wasn't didn't Pope sing a song about Michael? No, that was a TCAF. A oh, karaoke. No, that was a different thing. Oh, Paul okay. Pope like aggressively sang the doors with me at karaoke. <laughs> 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 everyone left, and we were just like the only two people left in this box. Oh, but then also he gets slapped by a German woman. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was a thing that happened to Paul. I heard that. that uh, I heard Jason was hired to do a commission of that slapping. Did he, did he take it? Yeah, I think so. Awesome. We were talking awesome. about how a pulpit being slapped sketchbook would be a great thing. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, something you guys, um, I guess now there's just the two of you, I will, it, we should probably talk about kind of the collaboration that you guys have, and I'm curious about how. Um, working together and working around each other's kind of influence each other's art because I've heard Michael talk a lot about Patrick in particular, um, like biting stuff of his um, in a positive way, like grabbing stuff from his art. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> style stuff. I think we do that back and forth a lot, like even before we hung out all the time, I think it was like just working in the same city and like in the same scene, it was really easy to like snipe things off of each other. And we're both influenced by a lot of the same people, I think. Uh, I think a thing happens too when you're like friends with other artists where um, if you see them doing something uh, that you really admire and respect that there's like a competitiveness that's like that sort of positive type of competition where like uh, if I know you're producing a certain amount of comics a week right. I'm just like oh I, like, I maybe don't want to like match it or beat it but I like I want to be similarly ambitious or similarly productive and that happens a lot mm -hmm. like uh, which I think is good yeah I guess fairly um do you interact very much with, with a lot of Toronto cartoonists? Yeah, we like almost exclusively hang out with cartoonists. It's funny that people will ask like, oh, what's it like being like a part of the Toronto comics community? But like, it's not like I ever think like, oh, I'm gonna go meet up with the Toronto comics community right, right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm gonna go see like my shithead friends. But it's also but, an amazing city for comics. You've got the Beguiling there. Yeah, yeah we're pretty spoiled. The TCAF. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard not to think of that as like a hub, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you ever do work where you're kind of feeling like... Oh, here we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't dress up on our account. Pat, Monica, Robin, Brandy. Good <laughs> <laughs> to share a microphone. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I've been shopping, sorry. <laughs> Julia Roberts sing around. She's never going to love you. <sighs> We've just been talking. <laughs> All right. What's happening? What have you guys been talking about? <laughs> Catch me up. What's been happening? Robin has been passive aggressive about you not being here. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, a pattern is beginning to develop. I, uh, I cancelled the Baltimore event last night. Just, ooh, okay, it wasn't my fault. The car fell through. But yeah, I'm just cancelling things left, right, so... What did it fall through? Why did it fall through? What did it fall through? When? What? I can't hear you. you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's always something to do. Um, <laughs> so, what part of Australia are you from? Uh, Tasmania. <laughs> With the, uh... <laughs> yes. Uh, the Tasmanian devils are actually black and white, and they're crippled by mysterious facial tumours. <laughs> That's horrible. Nobody can figure out why. Uh, Warner Brothers did actually pony up a bunch of research money to try and uh, fix it. And I guess they felt bad about the intense misrepresentation. <laughs> <of the years. laughs> 
people were objecting, they'd be like, that cartoon doesn't have any facial tumors. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, <laughs> rampant unprofessionalism. I'm very sorry. Um, On both sides, really. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to the three in the middle. Just go home. Um, Brandon and I were looking at your guys' work earlier, and one of the things that um, kind of stuck out is all of you have a interest, different interesting way of kind of abstracting regular life. Like you're not doing straight up um, narratives of, you know, everyday whatever. And it's like there's an element to all your work um, of kind of an oddity in life or an unusualness um, with, with Simon. We have the animals and... Um, the cats with human penises? <laughs> <laughs> His cat was a nice way to work. <laughs> but um, what I was talking to Robin about, basically, the, the, to, to re-say the same, the same idea, was that when I, in my own work, when I try to do uh, comic books about my life, I only have these... I was raised on comic books and cartoons and science fiction, and so the tools that I have to talk about my life are these really uh, comic book, science fiction, you know, tools, and so I have to do that. You know, and so we were just wondering if that was what it was for you guys, because you, you all seem to have real uh, emotions that seem to relate to your life and your work, but it's all through using these really fantastical elements. Hmm. Do you think that's true? My stuff's just handled a biographical. That's just how I live my life. I mean, you see me walking around today, I've just been pounding down a giant Red Bull and haven't eaten all day. And, uh, I do start to see witches and very well-hung cats every day. <laughs> It's generally just the reality I live in. I don't know about you guys. I mean, Michael does experience a lot of body horror with your black tongue thing. And I did have black hairy tongue syndrome. Was it really hair? Yeah, it's like a thin layer of hair. It was a reaction to Pepto-Bismol tablets. Uh, other people get a reaction to their first cigarette and as an allergic reaction to Listerine. Uh, and to answer your question, I... It's so fitting for his work. It's, <laughs> it's like you staged a, a horrible thing to happen to you. So sure, it, just like it's a right better. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I have a hard time writing about things directly. It feels like I can't write about things honestly if I'm actually writing about my life or real people or real things I'm going through. Um, I can write things better if it is like a little bit removed in a piece of fiction. Because um, it'll, it, or I mean it even, it forces me to see things from like a third person point of view or, or like to be a little bit detached about the subjects I'm writing about. Um, and it lets me like, a, a lot of things happen where I'll think a story is about one thing and then I'll finish it and I'll read it and be like, oh, this is, it'll be something really obvious. It'll be like, oh, this story about dads is like about my dad. <laughs> but I won't necessarily see it as I'm writing it. But I think that's a good thing that like, I wouldn't be good at writing about things directly. Yeah. I'm just running an autopilot all the time and then later on realize that things are about certain things. Yeah. You've been quite quiet, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't write about my life. I don't like. Obviously not. Like my, I have like a science fiction. Um, I don't know. If I if I do try to like draw from my own life, it's mostly just like tone tonal stuff. Just like a, 
I don't know, my general like drony life experience <laughs> rather than like specific instances in my life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like being candid like that. I'm really like sort of a private person mostly. Yeah, we were, we were talking about that earlier about if there's things that you specifically avoid talking about. Like, have you found yourself ever doing anything in your work where you realize it's about something in your life and you're like, that's too close to the bone, I'm gonna... Yeah. Oh, all the time. Yeah, I change things all the time that are like too... That if they can be can like perceived as about me, I'm like. Okay. I wonder if that's telling in a way of like you know like um, you know like every place in the room has been shot up, but that one man size shape or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's stuff that like I haven't put out because, but it's usually not because I think it's too revealing. It'll just be like this is maybe like I haven't gotten to that point where it's detached enough yet to be right. good. Like I haven't gotten to that like objective sort of way of looking at something. Well, awesome with your stuff, I see a lot of things where I can't tell if it's intensely, deeply personal, or you just kind of playing through a, a, a crazy idea to the end. Like like your story in, um, in The Thickness really felt like that. Sure. And I just read the sequel to that, which is amazing. Oh, cool. Good. Is that even printed yet? No. I'm glad you read it, though. I'm glad you got to see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So... Um, so, yeah, Michael did this thing called, uh, what was it? College Red, Girl. College by Girl by Night. night about basically a where college girl? Yeah, it's, um, uh, the first story in it, it's about uh, a guy, a college-aged guy who is going to school, like a poor school, and then he, um, every full moon, he transforms into a girl, and he goes over to uh, sort of a richer school and uh, sleeps with frat boys there. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was one where it was a mix of like trying to follow through on this idea I had but then it was really personal too mm -hmm. in a bunch of ways. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like in ways that like aren't necessarily obvious. Like I think like all my comics are very personal, but it's not always like a direct like A equals A thing. Right. I saw something like in Weir in Oslo and you did that talk. Something I really liked is you saying the idea that you um, come up with these really dumb ideas and then just kind of hammer them into something. Yeah, I like the idea of, like, good. I mean, our, the comics we've been doing together, like, with Mickey, yeah. uh, Blank Comics, number one, are kind of, like, trying to commit to the worst premises possible. <laughs> those are, yeah, those are, like, maybe the most emotional comics that I make. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are some of the premises? Oh, the, like, the, the one we did, like, last year was called Butler Comic. Yeah. And, like, that one was, like, weirdly emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and we did Pixar's Cars Comic. Yeah, oh, right. are you familiar? There's a Japanese manga called Selfish Butler. No, I've never read it because I don't want to ruin that beautiful title. Like the idea of a selfish butler. Like, why, why do people keep hiring him? <laughs> Mickey wanted me to make sure I mentioned that Medicine Comics Number One is out after showing. Yeah, it's the, the, yeah, it's the first one we've done. It was supposed to come out um, January first. Of this year, but then like Michael was a little I little fucked little, up. Yeah, I'm sorry. He like threw all these comments in the garbage that he made. He made like how many pages did he make? Like forty. Forty. Yeah. <laughs> and there's one that's unfinished that was gonna go into it, but I wouldn't have finished it for SBX. That's twenty. Pages. Did you really throw comics away? Yeah, I throw a lot of pages. You're away. just you're you're just like <laughs> fuck you, Al Columbia. I'm coming after your spot. <laughs> <laughs> It feels good to relinquish stuff like that. Stop working on things that just aren't working. It's great. Liberating. Yeah, really liberating. Yeah. Is there a certain like preciousness you've taken that's taken out of the process? 
Yeah, but I don't think I was ever very precious about yeah, it. Yeah, I try not to be. Yeah, I feel like it's like talk kind of toxic to be like really precious with your work. Well, you do work on Cintiq, right? Uh, I do all my inking on the Cintiq, yeah. Oh, okay. So you're doing pencils and those sketchbooks is yep. the loose ones? Yep. Now, one of the things we're thinking about, um, the, the work where we're looking at everyone's work, um, and maybe more specifically with um, Simons and Michaels, is um, there's a lot of uh, export, exploration of kind of sexual identity stuff, or not even necessarily sexual identity, but sexuality, and kind of using that as a way to kind of look at things in different ways. And right, but almost interesting, the, the, the character normalcy to it, it seems like, like, like an ant comic. Like, just having these, these, uh, these gay characters in a society where that's not, like the, the heteronormative in that society is so fucking weird that it's basically like there's a building-sized ant woman that's the queen and they all wait up in line to like ejaculate into her cavernous vagina and these two guys just have sex with each other and everyone's like, weird. <laughs> um, yeah, well for that one in particular I wanted to make everything there's like a lot about the dynamics, like about everything, uh, how I structured uh, the society in a colony that like, I wanted a lot of it to seem alien and then a lot of it to seem foreign mm -hmm. and the alien things to seem very arbitrary, which is how I feel about a lot of like things in real life, right. it's just sort of these arbit uh, arbitrary structures and institutions. Simon. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, sex is just really weird and interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a strange beast. Uh, <laughs> I, I like using porn as a genre. The same reason I started doing horror comics, though, is because, like, you're... Uh, there are things that deal with, like, really... Uh, there are genres that deal in extremes, mm -hmm. so it's, like, an interesting way to write about certain emotions or certain ideas. Right, and with both of those, it's like if you don't elicit a specific emotion, you've kind of failed. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's also one of those things, like working in any genres like this, but there it's very, it's like even more primal, where it's like, for porn comics, you need to have sex for it to be a porn comic, and for horror, it has to be, have some element of it being scary. Right. And then once you fulfill those requirements, you can do anything with it. So it's like really kind of freeing in a lot of ways. You get to, it's just like a, it's like a really loose sort of template to, to work with. Hmm. Maybe. Or, or like more than like, like a Western or something. Right. Yeah, Western you could do anything with and it doesn't have to succeed on being, people are never going to be like, this isn't Western-y enough. <laughs> <laughs> now, all three of you are extremely productive, which um, have a lot of comics, and I wonder if there's any ways you're going to be able to try and be productive on the road, or are you just kind of put everything on hold for a month. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much had to put everything on hold. I had to cancel my last serial, and I'm just gonna do like a really shitty haphazard tour diary. Well, I think we talked about trying to like make some mini comics together on the road, which I like to do, like on the Greyhound buses to avoid, you know, getting decapitated. You guys don't have a band? You're not going through Canada. No, no, no. Yeah, there's a lot of Greyhound buses I found out, and I'm really scared of them. <laughs> I think if we distract ourselves by drawing, we'll get through it. It's a 
is that how you guys are traveling across the country? Uh, we're planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Like all sorts of shit. And Michael, you were saying earlier, Whole Foods told me that you had to keep on working on Adventure Time the entire tour. Yeah, I was hoping to get the month off, but I'm working full time, so mm. it'll be weird. My plan is to try and take over like while Michael's asleep on the all Adventure Time. <laughs> so the upcoming season of Adventure Time, Meg will just be standing silently in the background of those scenes. The thing is, like, like, what could you do that they wouldn't run? Yeah. I, I put my I, I boarded an episode recently and I put myself in the background. I did I did that. I've got a monster that's like stuck with a uh, its tail is uh, shot with a giant arrow and it's stuck continuously trying to walk forward and I just did myself and I'm like, are they gonna change this? We'll see. I'm gonna be the guy drawing that in like a hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you dare take that out. <laughs> Also, I put the word Bozak in there, okay. which I don't is, know, so that might be that's like early years. 90s slang for testicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I shouldn't be announcing it because I was just like, is anyone on Venture? Like, I'm a little older than, than everyone on there, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking earlier, is there anything particularly want to do in the tour. Is there anything you want to do in the tour in America, Simon? Not get decapitated on the Greyhound bus, not get shot, not get mugged. Um, don't, don't fly too close to the sun, Icarus. Yeah, I, I want to attempt to control my behavior and be, be a, a sassy young professional. And, uh, I want to conduct myself in a professional capacity. We'll see how that goes. Is this your first time in the Americas? Uh, have you done your research, Brandon? This is my third trip to America. I was a special guest at Comic Arts Brooklyn last year. Nice. And uh, also did some traveling in 2009. <laughs> it's like I've got the Simon Hansel on Wikipedia right in front of me. <laughs> Needing a doctor. Is there an interviewer in the house? Yes, Brandon, you're one of them. <laughs> well, that's your fault. I have a question for Patrick. Hey. I was watching you draw last year, and you, it's really interesting the way you draw because you don't draw freehand. You use that oh, yeah. French curve thing to draw all your lines. Yeah, I did, for, I did for that drawing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I have this little French curve thing. And it's it's not a it's not a French curve. I do that's use. Not, that's not a question, but that's. A question. <laughs> <laughs> Did, were you done? Sorry, I'm, I think I'm like interrupting. I guess the question is how is that how. Oh. <laughs> 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 
I, I do, I drew, I do draw freehand like I'm oh. doing, I'm doing right now. <laughs> but um, I, I do, I use that thing for a while just because I wanted to change the way I draw, uh, and I felt like my drawings were like, like previous prior to distance mover, all my drawings were like really, chi uh, really chunky and like uh, with like a brush, um, and I wanted to draw like a little more like, I wanted to draw straight lines and like be really like rigid and stuff. So I, I had this little. It's like a little like um, earring holder or something that my girlfriend gave me, and uh, I just used it as a like it was like an interesting shape, so I used it as a, a ruler, a guide, for a long time. For a long time, I couldn't draw without it. I always had it like in my hand, and a lot of the book distance mover, you can actually like see this shape throughout it. Like if you see the um, like the physical plastic thing, and then like look through the book, you can find it in there. I mentioned um, you guys mentioned that you had some overlapping uh, comics that you really like influences. I'm wondering what who that is for you guys. Oh, um, like Mark Mel. Oh, Mark Bell, yeah. Matt Brinkman, Mark Bayer. Yeah, those are big ones. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Like, <laughs> the, the weird stuff. Yeah, those um, are like the, the top three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, May. explain these because I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't do my research. Uh, it's just a, it's from the 70s, it's a British children's book series called Megan Mog, but only with one G okay. Megan Mog, by Jan Piankowski, he's a British-Polish illustrator, he's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's very simple, it's just, you know, nothing much happens in them, they're like, you know, early reading books. But I grew up on them and used to like draw them in like high school and stuff, like weird stone redoodles of them in that style. And uh, it made Mom just happen accidentally. I moved to the UK in 2008 and just started drawing Megan Mom as a fun diversion, not really thinking about what I was doing. But the interesting thing is that I was living in Richmond upon Thames, which is where young Pinkowski lived for a long time and worked on the Megan Mom kids' books. So you're so, thinking your work. Yeah, I feel like there was some sort of uh, magic in there. They all faithfully came together. So, there's a lot of magic in my work. I believe in magic. Ladies and gentlemen, Alan Moore. Children's books is an influence on you too, are you my phone? Yeah, I used to have like, uh, I sort of called it, but um, I used to collect a lot of children's books. And there, there are a few illustrators, um, Mary Blair uh, in particular, who have been a uh, big influence of mine. Is there something particular with? Like their type of work, doing stuff for kids. Uh, no, I think, just it's, I think it's like more. I mean, some of those books are great, uh, like they're fantastic books. But a lot of it was just I just liked the, uh, the uh, illustration style or, or the design. Were they things you looked at when you were kids, or a lot of the stuff I liked as a kid, like uh, doesn't resonate with me as much now. Um, I just I go to used bookstores a lot and spend a lot of money and poor things and. and Discover things that yeah I, I was never exposed to when I was when I was actually a kid. How about you, Patrick? 
I can't really think of anything that um, I read. Any any kids' books that I read that really I feel like are still influencing me. I guess I read um, the Beano a lot. This like British comic that was like it was like a weekly comic that had a whole lot of different comic strips in it, and my grandma sent it to me every week. I think we talked about it like, when I was on. Is that the one with the weird British Dennis the Menace? Yeah, it's like, they, those, the two Dennis the Menaces were created like within a week of each other, and there's no, I don't think there's any evidence as to which one came first. That's so weird, because I didn't realize that until I went to England, and they have like... Yeah, I have yeah. the pin on my bag, Dennis the Menace fan club. <laughs> nice. People are always commenting on it, and I don't think they realize, they're like, oh, he looks kind of off-model there. It's like, no, this is the British one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I read that. That's like, that's... Yeah, I really like Rich is Scary as well. I just want to give a shout out to Rich is Scary. You have no audience, Richard? Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of people on the hands up, so go up, up front there. Um, oh. um, yeah, so you mentioned um, that you'd like to interview them. After, like it would be nice to interview them after their tour, so that you can just ask them like, what was it like interview, uh, interacting with all those fans? Right. So, a question to all of you up there: Has have you ever had an interaction with a fan who's come to you with a perspective on your own comics that really stuck with you? That you're like, oh, I didn't, I never even thought of it that way. I, I have a story. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me think. I um, one of the early conventions where I started getting more attention than I was used to. I had a 16-year-old girl come to my table and talk really excitedly about how she was learning to draw women by looking at my work. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, like, I think I quickly like, got her over to like, Carlos B. McNeil's table and was like, don't, no. And that made me really think, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't just draw like, you know, women from the neck down for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Are they trying to correct you on anything? No, I mean, that would be weird. <laughs> but um, I don't know if they've like, made me look at my own work differently, but they've made me look at actual ants differently. <laughs> they so took you out of their van and made you look at actual ants. That's what they do. They're not fucking like um, but they, I got invited to like an entomology conference, and I had to turn it down because it was like a, a comic conference. So I thought like, I should hedge my bets and go with like, the audience that I yeah, dance, with, dance with the girl that brought you there. What's the <laughs> yeah. That's all. Most of my fans are just like turn on stoners and just constantly <laughs> red eyed and get me to sign their love bees. They don't really know what's going on. I say love bees. Yeah. A lot of people think I'm Jim Davis. <laughs> you gotta get the uh, Jim Davis has that the Jim Davis ponytail where he said in an interview he keeps his ponytail even though he's balding at the front because uh, he's not balding at the front. He basically just has a ponytail. He, has a ponytail. <laughs> he says he says it's to remind him that he's still an artist. Guys, we should stop this panel and all go beat up Jim Davis. He's <laughs> cool, man. Craig Garfield, give him a break. <laughs> we're at the Library of Congress the other day. No, you weren't there, I was there. But I kept on asking them to see some Garfields, and I don't think they have any Garfields. They kept on just disregarding them. <laughs> well, you were in full OD cosplay at the time. <laughs> I was dressed as normal. <laughs> 
right there, the glasses. Uh, yeah, I, I know that you all have like really crazy output and you're all really super productive. Um, and I'm just wondering if, like how first you're able to do that and like if, is it ever draining or do you ever not want to be doing it or like, like is, is it impacting your life negatively? How, how could it <laughs> so it's always quality and it's so consistent, like I don't know how you're able to do it. So. It's, a, it's a hilarious thing to always talk about to people with real jobs but I'm always thinking like the worst thing you can possibly do to someone is give them everything they want. And because then you have to deal with your weird emotional problems from childhood. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, personally, I'm not particularly productive. It's in be like you'll. I used to read comic book interviews where people would be like, "If you're going to take this seriously and this is your job, you have to wake up and treat it like a real job." And I, I like wake up and like, and like just like watch like shitty horror movies and like sit around in my pajamas and then at like midnight I'm like I suppose I should work and then work for like three hours and then and like man that was a really unproductive day and then I do it again the next day and somehow it, like, the tiny little like drops eventually become comic books. I always think of you as being quite slack around. <laughs> Sitting around Google and Who have you been talking to? Robin. <laughs> But I, I think, uh, good question, Sammy, by the way. I met Sammy outside before, I was having a cigarette, lovely young chap. It's <laughs> <laughs> the next Jim Davis. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think Michael, I mean, I think we both kind of ravaged our bodies. I mean, you, you talked about, in the past, just feeling sick and yeah. Yeah, feeling overworked. And, and I do the same thing. I, I just relentlessly work all day and live on 7-Eleven hot dogs and Red Bull. And well, how old I, are you guys? I'm 32. Mm. I'm 27. That's right. <laughs> I, I look 25, but I'm actually 32. Sure. I look 34. <laughs> <laughs> I look exactly 40. 40. <laughs> I'm 17. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I feel pretty worn down all the time. Like, uh, I, I realize, like, I hit, like, I, I'm never going to be as productive as I was when I was 24, which isn't that bad because I'm still pretty productive. But, like, I'm only getting slower and I'm like, Tired. I'm sort of like that's such a weird, a weird to thing to, for you to like have in your head already. Yeah, it's like oh well, it's only gonna get worse from here. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I, I try to take advantage of like having the energy to do things. But Michael, you're kind of screwed because people know your work and know how good it was when you were younger. <laughs> like I remember, like I, I, I ran. We were on a bus at one point, and I was just like. I was like, oh, those motherfuckers who wrote that, like, they wrote, like, a fanographics comics journal article that was called, like, the, the, like, uh, the weight of promise about you. And I was like, way to make someone feel like, like. <laughs> yeah, that was a really flattering article. It was, yeah. but it was also just like, what's he going to do now? Like, he's done everything. He's this amazing golden child. How can he not just plateau and then decline? <laughs> And it's like you're like 23. <laughs> I might already be on the decline, like, I don't know. You don't, you don't know until you hit the bottom. Like, it, 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 everybody's watching. <laughs> All eyes are on you. Don't fuck it up. <sighs> like, but people always talk about, like, there's guys like, um, like Jack Kirby or Mobius who. Like, their work before they were 35 or 40 is really nowhere near as good as their other work. And so that's, that's good. I mean, you want to, I mean... Yeah, like my, my, favorite, my favorite living cartoonist is Gilbert Hernandez, mm -hmm. who's, uh, I think, has gotten... Really not Jaime? 
You can tell us. I mean, I love them both, but I, I'm, if, I had to, if I had to pick one, if both were about to drown. <laughs> what if, what if, all right, all right, what if Mario's kids were there? Both are good examples. All three of them are, and Mario's there and he's drowning too, but he has his kids there. <laughs> are you saying which kid would I say? No, which, which Hernandez brother? Here's the thing, um, Jaime, Jaime's a fair amount lighter than, than, than Beto. He's probably like 50 pounds lighter. Okay. How strong of a swimmer are you? Can we actually make this happen like a reality show? <laughs> is there a big tank of water in the hotel? After, after your wedding? There's a hot tub at a pool, isn't there? Is there a big tank of water? <laughs> yeah, the pool. Pool? We don't have pools in Australia, it's too hot. It's a, it's a, um, it's called it's a wallaby pit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. Never tried Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyone else? Uh, this is for Michael and Brandon. What was the Norwegian pizza like? Oh. <laughs> Yo, yeah, okay, there was this, it was like, I didn't try it, someone else tried it, and then I saw a photo of it, and it was like, it was like a pizza dough, and then it looked like a brown sauce, and it was described as kind of like a gravy. Oh, then, that's where there were ads everywhere for it. And, and I then just... like little like cut up bits of hot dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't look like pepperoni or sausage, it was just like cut up hot dogs. Well, it's also important to note that like that was the most expensive city I've ever been in in my entire life. Yeah. And all the like food was like they were just like fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like a $60 dinner and it's... Uh, it's Cheerios that we licked every one of them. <laughs> I think uh, back there, your hand. Or, oh, I can't see front who right there. Robin can't see. Uh, this yeah. is for uh, Simon. I heard like you. <laughs> I heard uh, you painted with some like really unconventional materials, like food dyes and stuff before. Yes, I use food coloring a lot. All my paints and yellows. Owl's beak and legs are all food coloring, and it's going off, it stinks. And I like to think that's how Alice Were you, were you working on this in prison? <laughs> yeah, I used to make my own like, ink over urine and uh -huh. food polish and stuff for a while. I was in prison for a while yeah. in the 90s, so I don't try and do it really. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Thanks for bringing <laughs> Yeah, I like my food coloring, and uh, mostly it's gouache and watercolor. And, yeah, and thanks for asking a question that wasn't about pizza. Does <laughs> <laughs> anyone have any pizza questions? <laughs> uh, the, the best pizza I ever had was in Iceland. Iceland, uh, it's a place called Delhi, Iceland. Best pizza in the world. You're in Iceland. Is it called Delhi? You're in the... It's called Delhi, like Iceland. So Iceland's one of those places where isn't it, is Iceland is green and Greenland is icy? Yeah. Correct. So did, did they have a, did they do it with pizza there where they're just like the shittiest pizza in town and you go and it's amazing? <laughs> if you order a vegetarian, it's all meat. Uh, I don't know what to say. I can't think of anything funny to... You're going to have to give you better set up. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and the graphics, did they know it was 
No, they had no idea. I had to tell them all. Are they like shaking with copyright fear? No, they are not very professional, so they didn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they, they looked into it, and like, I've been approached for like TV ish concerns, like wanting to do it, and I don't think they've ever been aware of the kids' book. And I think that would be a problem if it was to be on TV to a big mass audience, that would be a problem with, you know, the low print, lowish print run book. It's not really a problem. But sometimes I lie awake at night waiting for a ceaseless disorder from Penguin Random House. Because it does skirt the line of, I don't know, there's pastiche and parody laws. And I think of it as a stone collage. Like, I think it's you know, parody, but you know, like, obviously, the bigger something gets, the less they will let stuff skirt. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wrote a pilot. I think don't worry. Oh, no, no, no. I wrote a pilot where I changed all the names and Michael was called Michael and Al was Stephen. Stephen. But I can't change the names at this point. That was like a few years ago before I like blew up on Tumblr. Oh yeah, Robin, you wanted to get into some Tumblr questions, right? Uh, well, I guess the relationship with Tumblr and how that's affected your career, because I know it's interesting for me because like Michael destroyed his Tumblr. And destroyed, I just closed it. I didn't You went you went to like their server. That's the only way to delete your account. I started a Twitter account a couple of weeks ago and now I'm just really off Tumblr and saying I want it. Yeah, I don't know. Where's where the real party's at? Yeah, it's all happening on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at S underscore K underscore Hanselman for all sorts of crazy tweets. <laughs> and I'm getting pretty tweety on there. But yeah, Tumblr's been good for me. It made my career. I, I, I couldn't make money selling mini comics and trying to ship them to the US because there's no industry in Australia and it's a very limited pool of stuff. So I was trying to get stuff to the US, but no. And then I put it on Tumblr and then like a, a bidding war erupted between all of the major publishers within months. <laughs> and here I am, I, I, you know, I'm here for free. I got, you know, I, I didn't have to spend any money to get here. I haven't paid for a meal for the past few days. So thanks Tumblr. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it, it gets shit out there. I think there's a, a virality, things can go viral on there. And it, yeah, I think it'll die eventually or something else will come along, but it worked for me. And, right. uh, like MySpace used to be like a band database, like everyone was on MySpace and they changed it and fucked it. And I was really like devastated when they did that to MySpace because I, I was living in the UK and I, I met a lot of friends and played a lot of gigs all through MySpace. And I feel like Tumblr now is like a comics database at the moment. Like, a lot of people are on there, except the Michael Lefort, she's too good for it. So why did, <laughs> why did you go to the Tumblr server and, and destroy your... I didn't, um, you know, I think it was like indulging all my worst narcissistic whatever. Like, uh, I didn't like being able to check how many notes something had uh, in comparison to something else I drew. Mm. And then the big, and then, um, also I didn't like the way it presented my work. Uh, it felt like, uh, uh, I like it, like I have like a WordPress or a, like a blog, mm -hmm. and uh, I like having my work just like surrounded just by white space, um, rather than if someone sees it, 
uh, it's like competing for attention with like a RuPaul gif yeah. <laughs> essay about is it the one that says scandalo that one's really good <laughs> yeah like I like I love all that stuff but it just felt weird like yeah, or like an essay about Firefly or something, and it's like, I don't want, I just like, I want it to be like, if someone reads my comics, it's like, The weird thing there. for me is, is when you do something and you're just like, uh, hey, I drew a picture of Aquaman, and then the next person will just be like, uh, you know, a beautiful child was murdered, and you're just like, oh, yeah. it's, it's look like, at how frivolous everything I've done, done with my life is. The scroll is just so weird, like, there's yeah. no context to anything, and there's no, like, weight to anything, and it, like, it's, I think it's like, cool, other people are obviously, most people are able to look at it and like make those judgments uh, intuitively, but I just like, I prefer my work just as a separate thing. And um, the other big thing is like, I couldn't bring myself to close, uh, turn off the anonymous questions. Which were amazing. But I was getting weird ones, and then I had to like, I was like, if I can't close it off, maybe I should just like get rid of the Tumblr. Right. Yeah. Give an example. I don't know. I had like, like some weird abusive ones and a lot of like sexual ones. We were talking about how well you're answering some of those though. Yeah, but see, I answered like the ones that were like not crazy. But some of those were like, like, what was it where people were like, I fucking hate you and you can't draw and you'd just be like, thanks for asking. I use a number two pencil. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I assume it was like the weird ones were all from like one guy or something. Right. But, and then I got a few that were like, hey, did I see you at this bar? And I was like, it would have been a bar that I was at. Mm -hmm. And that also made me a little weird. I used to send you some weird ones. <laughs> It's funny, I'm so, I'm so used to, like, I have this stupid tattoo on my neck and I hang out at one comic store all the time. So I'm so used to people, like, like being like, hey, I saw you at the one place you're always at. <laughs> uh, we're running near to the Do we have any more questions from folks? Yep. The long hair. Uh, Patrick, um, in your new comics four, the first story, I would say, like, rides the line of what could be considered a comic. Since sure. the text is so far removed from the actual visual element, yeah. I was wondering, um, I don't know, what what made you feel, I guess, comfortable or motivated you making that strip the manner that you did? The, uh, the, the the images in that are like completely unrelated. Yeah. I didn't I didn't try at all. I wrote this like prosy story this one morning, and I wanted to publish it somewhere. So then I just like did a bunch of drawings to go with it, um, and then it's like, okay, it's a comic now. Yeah, that's a, yes. Yeah, that's how I'm redefining comics. <laughs> but did you? Were you aware? Did the pictures relate? No, they don't at all. They're just like squiggles. Yeah, I have f some fine art for sale. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the honesty of that, though. Yeah. If you want to auction off the drawings, we do it on the table. Yeah, I got this vegan sticker as well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're made of meat. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah. Um, now, that, now that you're all here, I feel like it's, it's about time that once and for all you establish which one of you is the cutest? <laughs> <laughs> I, I vote Michael. He's got beautiful lips and beautiful eyes and really well manicured facial hair. Mine's very patchy and spotty when I don't shave it off. But I think Michael's a very handsome man. <laughs> Yeah. But, but handsome or cute? I mean, if we're going for the cute, I think we're well, for Patrick. Mm, he doesn't have a boy's charm to me. 
and also a strength. And there's that silence piece, the strong silent kind of <laughs> So you kind of apply your own kind of things on him and imagine what you want him to be. <laughs> and I think of him as like a Steve McQueen star. So. <laughs> I don't like to think of people based on their visual appearance. That's adorable. <laughs> Just begun. Too many lames trying to do what I've done. Silk print loafers, I don't work for no one. Moving through the city. Young lean SBE just begun. <laughs> 
through my veins I got everything, who am I to blame? Stars like the flowers in the rain Smoking this dope, I think I'm going insane Moving through the city With my keys in the snow Fire running through my hands I have to let it go Have to let it go In the shadows of the city in my mind Nothing matters anymore It's just a matter of time They will fall back and meet again Feed my needs again Post it with my friends I resurrect and rise again I got electricity Running through my veins I got everything Who am I to blame? Stuck like the flowers in the rain Smoking this dope I think I'm going insane Moving through the city With my keys in the snow Time running through my hands I have to let it go Have to let it go and